We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, 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 now this the black sheep sticking it to him, I need a crib like I'm Gatsby, I need it in hand, just understand my pocket's that deep, with nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do, and it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. I thought I forgot it for a second, I was on the computer, I was on the computer, I didn't know if the knuckles are coming, they're coming. No, I didn't know, nothing to set the tone like a good fist. <laughs> yes. No we doubt. are back, baby. Veterans Minimum, the number one sports betting vibe on the internet. I'm your host, Nick Dayus. At Nick Dayus 10, as you can find me, all things VM at Veterans Minimum. Mr. George Carmona is in the building. How was Arkansas, bro? Boy, you know, oh we're boy. investing now. This is a this is a, a Arkansas. Yeah, this is a Razorback, Razorbacks podcast, podcast now. Only. Confirmed. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll keep it like this. All right. Everybody thinks Arkansas is like the sticks and the boonies. And you date your cousins. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, Fayetteville, Arkansas is not that you're talking ultimate college town. The, the fraternity houses, dude, were legitimate, like mansions with the letters out front and they're all around the football field. They're literally like, so Arkansas's football field is built into a, uh, a hill. So as you're driving up to the field, you can see down into the stadium. And it's not a small stadium. Like it, it seats 50, 60,000. And then you got all the fraternity houses around it. The food was amazing. The first, uh, I'll hit you with this one food story. The first place we went to, as we sat down, before we even got our menus, they put hush puppies down on the table. They put coleslaw down on the table. And they put like this, like pickled relish down on the table before we got any waters, menu or anything. So Arkansas knows how to take care of people. They know how to eat and it's modernized. I can't wait to have like a, a game plan. I'm thinking it's LSU. Ooh. I'm thinking it's LSU where we go down to Arkansas and then it's a trophy game too. What does that mean? It's Yeah, they play for a trophy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a rivalry uh, within the SEC. Yeah, where they okay. they right. play for the golden boot, which huh. is uh it's just a it's a four foot tall trophy, by the Interesting. way. Interesting. It's the biggest trophy in college football. So there's a rivalry between the two. Yeah. I fuck with it. Oh dude, we're gonna have such a blast in Arkansas. My oh, yeah, my man. brother's already uh he gave me a tour of the facility and everything. He's loving it. He, the one thing he did say is on a phone call with him yesterday, he's like, 
you know, it's weird not being the biggest person in the weight room. And like, cause at San Jose state, like he was by far the biggest like lineman that they had. He was one of the bigger guys. And then now he's like, he's like, damn, there's people that are six, eight lengthy. You know what I mean? A couple of kids uh, that were going to go to the draft ended up not going to the draft. They're going to come back this next season. So their defensive line's about to be stacked. It's good practice for them too, but Arkansas is phenomenal. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, Fernando Carmona Jr. is George's uh, big younger brother because <laughs> he's 6'5", fucking shit brick house. He's going to be playing at Arkansas. He transferred from San Jose State. Yep. Um, and I've already asked for tickets when the time comes and he gets drafted because you guys know how I am. I'm not going to say no to some free shit. And I'm going to ask, bro. I'm not embarrassed to ask. Well, you're also good at future bets too. So in a way, you're like, you're putting a future bet in. That yeah. handshake and that thought process was like, hey, yeah. I just want to make sure I lock this in while the cost is yeah. low. You know? And I already got the parents on my side. They're like, I've heard so much about you. And I was like, thank you. I hope it's all nice. This is why I have George on the show is because his brother can possibly play in the NFL. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's just a good connection. Yeah, George is cool, out. but Fernando, my God, <laughs> he's my ticket. <laughs> Hey, it's cool, bro. I see your game. I at, see your game. I don't I don't knock your hustle. Cheap, cheap plug at <laughs> Carmona JRR to follow Fernando down in Arkansas. All right. Yes. Before we talk about the games, uh, we're gonna do something a little bit different. Um, we're gonna start with the Sunday games working backwards. Because like I'm very excited about Chiefs Bills. Your entire bankroll relies on this game and it has bro, so much history there's so much history it's a good old-fashioned bar fight mm-hmm. and i gotta take bro go ahead the winner of this game wins the super bowl i don't like that take but continue as to why you think this would happen this is the buffalo bills kryptonite it's it's Mahomes. Mm-hmm. 13 seconds. The AFC title game. Stefan Diggs started this trend of when you lose a game, you're going to be on the sideline watching the confetti for the other team. Everybody does it now, right? And that's the thing, bro. Like, it gets corny. It's it gets, so bad, bro. It gets corny when it's no longer original and authentic. Agreed. Right. Remember when Jason Tatum sent a text message to Kobe before one of those crucial playoff games? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, I got you. Yeah. And then he went out there and had like 40 and like played really well. Now anyone else that does it, it's like, bro, you're jocking the swag. Like if Devin Booker does it or Jamal Murray, like all these guys that had the allegiance to Kobe. Right. It's like not as cool as that was. Where Stefan Diggs originated the him on the sideline. Watching the confetti fall. See the 14 digs on the back. He's just over there watching the confetti fall. There's no confetti for this game, by the way. No, like, no, there there's no be... confetti. There'll be maybe some snow. Yeah. Maybe some snow. He'll still do it. But here's... Trademark. Yeah, here's here's why I say this, right? You have the kryptonite of the Buffalo Bills is Mahomes and the Chiefs. The entire AFC has just been Kansas City going through Kansas City, right? They've hosted the AFC title game the last five years. They've been to the AFC title game the last five years, obviously, since they are hosting it. We know about Mahomes is the alpha in the sport. And Josh Allen and the Bills, for them to get over that hump, 
they would have had to have faced the Chiefs at some point, getting through them now, erasing those playoff demons. You're at home. When we thought you might have to go to Kansas City, hell, you beat them to start this run. Right. You beat them already. You've beaten them a couple times, Josh, in Kansas City, but you haven't beaten them when it matters. Right. And that's the thing that these quarterbacks have over one another. Right. Like Burrow beats both both of them often. Yeah. But then Burrow lost that game last year. And then Mahomes goes on to win the Super Bowl. And I think on the flip side, if you're Kansas City, you're saying to yourself, oh, yo, Mahomes finally won a playoff road game only because he hasn't played a playoff road game. Right. And then, dude, Chiefs in the AFC title game, been there, done that. Oh, we got to go to Baltimore? Who cares? What about the off chance that Houston got to come play you? Whoa. You're, a, you're an 11-point favorite probably. Yeah. So I think the winner of this game, despite anything that happens in the Houston-Baltimore game, I think is your Super Bowl champ. Not just Super Bowl representative in the AFC. Huh. I I do want to poke some some holes in this. And and yeah, do so. Uh beyond just this game, you're relying on Rasheed Rice, a rookie receiver, to carry you to a Super Bowl win when your best facet on the offensive side is your quarterback. Cause I know that going into all these games. They are double-teaming Travis Kelsey. He seemed to, uh, you know, not only draw a lot of attention in the playoffs, but lately it's not the the routes that are given to him in the regular season, like where he gets to cook people in, in soft zones and he gets to sit there. Like, Buffalo is going to be all over his ass. And that's one thing that I have going into it where it's like, I don't think, I don't think the receiver... Uh, core is going to step up for Kansas City. So like that part, I think the luck will eventually run out um, and they need to establish Isaiah Pacheco a lot earlier. I think they utilize him and they get him going. He's a running back that doesn't necessarily need to, like Derrick Henry is way different of a runner in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. than he is in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Isaiah Pacheco pregame is the same all four quarters. So I think they need to lean into that. You had mentioned uh, something about Buffalo's defensive injuries. Yes. Is that something that you're worried about with them if they are able to win moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you have to. But also the fact that those guys, like Bernard, is not going to be there. And it seems like their team started playing a little worse after he got banged up. Von Miller has been a non-factor all year for them. Right. And... You got to also factor in that Josh Allen, even though he didn't turn the ball over last week, he played perfect in the sense of he had no turnovers. Josh Allen is 13, 18, and 2. After he plays a game in which he didn't turn the ball over the week Hmm. before, right? Including 4, 10, and 1 against the spread in the past three seasons. That's the worst of 80 quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's facing a defense in Kansas City that just allowed seven points to the Miami Dolphins. Granted, we know the scenario. It's freezing cold. It's a team that plays in a city that's 80 degrees all year round. Shout out to Miami, the 305. Um, They're also allowing 16.7 points per game in the regular season. 
This is the best defense that Mahomes has ever had. Mm-hmm. And I think what you saw last week was you saw double-digit targets for Kelsey. You saw him go over his yardage props. You saw him go over his catching props. Should have had a touchdown, but he dropped the ball. It was really cold. He had a couple of drops in there. But he also looked like he had a pep in his step. Yeah. And it kind of backs what I've been saying about Kelsey last couple of weeks. Yo, we don't need you against the Raiders. We don't need you against the Chargers. This game against whatever. Name a, name a scrub team. Jaguars. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, we don't need you there. Let's save you for the playoffs. Right. Now it's gut check time. And I think all those things considered, that's why I think this game is so massive. And I think the winner of this game goes on to win the Super Bowl. Because then if you're Kansas City, this is the best defense that he's ever had in Kansas City. And we're talking about this guy's already won Super Bowls and he's been to three. Mm -hmm. And look, man, they're a three and a half point underdog. Patrick Mahomes in his career, seven and three straight up. 8-1-1 8-1-1 one, one against the spread as an underdog in his career. That's crazy. This is also, if you want to play, if you want to really get in the nitty-gritty, it's actually not his first road playoff game in his career. He had to go to Gillette his rookie year. No, no, no. First time that he started, it was... In 2018, they had to the Patriots beat them in the regulars in the in the playoffs right in overtime. But even though it was considered a neutral field, the Super Bowl that he lost to to Tampa, true, was in Tampa. So it's kind of it's a road game, bro. You're playing in the other team's stadium. But in the past 20 years, Mahomes is the third QB to be undefeated straight up in the division around in wild card minimum four starts. He's seven and zero straight up. The other quarterbacks. Ready for this? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jesus. Colin Kaepernick. The franchise Mark Sanchez. And then Joey B. I would love to say elite company. But it, I, so if I said elite company, don't take it the wrong way because those players at that time were actually like playing pretty solid. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you got, that's a good point because this happens a lot. Yes. And you see it happen a lot with fighters. You're like, oh, bro, this guy sucks. It's like, no, no, no. They're in his prime. Like Tony Ferguson. He was for real. Tony Ferguson has lost seven straight fights. If his name wasn't Tony Ferguson, he wouldn't be in the UFC anymore. True. But because it's Tony Ferguson, he's going to get another fight. And it's embarrassing. Because when you're telling people like, yo, bro, he was the man. You're like, this guy? It's like, yeah, dude, during his prime. And at the time, he was. So at the time, Mark Sanchez, they were building statues for him. Colin Kaepernick kind of changed football, bro. Yeah. Kind of changed football. Like, it was around that time, him, Cam Newton, those two guys really spearheaded this new wave of quarterback yes. where it's like, yo, you really got to throw and run now. Yeah. It's not just pocket passers. I've talked a lot about this game because I'm very excited. Financially, I mean, uh, my, my whole bankroll is on the Buffalo Bills since, like, November. Uh, all my future tickets are tied to them. I haven't been betting much on, on like, the games here and there. Um, but, like, I have... Big money on the Buffalo Bills. My heart wants Buffalo. Yes. I think it's Kansas City, though. And I think these injuries to the defense is the biggest reason why. To me, this game is, one, going to go well over the total of 45 and a half points. The conditions are optimal. It's football weather, 25 degrees, 
10 to 15 mile an hour gusts. I'm not mother nature. I don't think it's going to change. All right. If it does and you see the wind gusts pick up, I may pull off that statement. This game solely comes down to who has the ball last. And it, it doesn't even matter necessarily the intricacies of how we're going to break, break down, you know, Patrick Mahomes success or Josh Allen's success. They're both going to be really, really productive in this game. I don't see this uh, being like, you know, a, a Duke out game like we'll probably see with the Ravens and the Texans, a little tougher defenses. I think these offenses light it up. It'll be interesting to see the way that they both establish the run. I had mentioned it with the Chiefs and Isaiah Pacheco. How soon do they choose to get that machine running? Because both of these quarterbacks are definitely of the skill set where they don't need to build off play actions to move the ball down the field. You can see them in, in spread or empty situations and dice you up from the opening snap. They don't need to, you know, like how Brock Purdy is going to need to do, get Christian McCaffrey going, get the linebackers up closer, and then find your holes on play action passes. How do you feel about James Cook? Do you think this is finally the year that Buffalo can have what I would consider like a New England Patriots running back in the postseason where it's like James Cook, we, he's starting to develop his name, maybe not a household name, but does he have what it takes to lead this team to the Super Bowl? Do you feel that? And I know it's not fully on him, but when you look back at all those Patriot runs, you had running backs that just played their role to perfection. James White being one of them that got the job done. Do you see the same thing with James Cook? Yeah, and I think it coincides when Brady, Joe Brady, took over the play calling. That's when they started featuring him more. Look, dude, this guy finished top top 10 in scrimmage yards this year. Mm. Like, this isn't an out-of-nowhere thing. Like, he really balled out for them. And I think he definitely plays a big factor in their success. And it's going to, though, fall fall back on Josh. Right. right, and the and the coolest thing about Josh Allen, and I think one of the reasons why he's in this tier and he plays, he he's played up to be the guy that he is. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that he's not. Look, does he turn the ball over a lot? Yeah, um, he's going to give you one, and I think he's going to give them one. But man, anytime he goes up against one of these dudes, bro, he's going to bring it. Oh, a hundred percent. He's not going to shy away. You could see him go to toe, and he's going toe-to-toe with every premier quarterback that he plays against. He brings it every time. And look, him and Mahomes have played each other six times. Three and three. Josh, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. Mahomes, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. The Chiefs have won every time in the playoffs in the matchup. This is the third time they're playing in four years in the playoffs. But then the Bills have beaten them in three of four regular season matchups, but he hasn't beaten them in the playoffs. You haven't beaten them when it matters if you're you're Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Right. But again, man, he could go toe-to-toe with anybody and every time that they played one another, he delivers. And I think, look, they've done a good job in the past on... I think they'll be able to take Rice away. I think it'll have to be a Kelsey game. Because in the past, you know, Tyree Kill has, outside of that one catch that he had, the 60-yarder where he kind of broke the tackle in, the, yeah. in, the, in that wild game in the divisional round a couple of years ago, 
he's like under 100 yards every time he plays McDermott in the Buffalo Bills defense, even his time with Miami. But I think you're going to need Kelsey and you're going to need Pacheco, like you said. He has yeah. 935 rushing yards, seven touchdowns this year. And I think you're definitely going to need that. But the biggest issue, I think, bro, is the health. It's the health for the Buffalo Bills. And it does not look good. Sean McDermott yesterday, he said that they're taking things day by day. But listen to this. Terrell Bernard, Sam Martin, the punter, Benford, the corner, Johnson, the corner, Spector, the linebacker. They suffered injuries on Monday. Yep. Martin was the only one to come back during that game. And then you had Rasul Douglas didn't play in that game. Gabe Davis, Dodson, and Tyler Rapp all missed the game because of injuries. So that's, that's eight Great. guys. Yeah. And guess what, bro? Seven of them are on defense. So that's where I think it might be Kansas City because they're just healthier right now. I don't think they're playing better than Buffalo. Buffalo's on a six-game winning streak ever since Dear Buffalo. Shout out to that video. Yep. But the line on this one opened at two and a half. It's at three and a half now. And I think everybody is going to be betting on Mahomes and the Chiefs because Mahomes is an underdog. You see the writing on the wall. People are just going to be slamming it. And then if you're looking at it from a betting standpoint, 58% of the bets are coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs, while 58% of the money is coming in on Buffalo. At the time that we're recording, this is Wednesday afternoon. Right. Uh, close to 9 a.m. Eastern time. 9, 9 p.m. Eastern time. 6 p.m. on the Pacific Coast. So... I found this stat. The Bills have a 6-8 and eight record against the spread uh, this year, playing as at least two-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh. However, Buffalo has a 10-3 and three record when playing as a Moneyline favorite of minus 140 or shorter. So when they're expected to win, they win, but they might not always cover. Cover, right? So that just goes to show exactly what I said. Like this game will come down to who has the ball last. It was very interesting. You mentioned the injury to the punter because to win playoff games, you need all three facets. I do expect this to be a high scoring game, not too many punts, but it's, it's fun. And I don't think a lot of football fans appreciate it, but it's like, you know, the last play before it goes to commercial break, like watch it. You know what I mean? See where that punt goes out of bounds. See where the drives are starting off because it even helps out if you're a, a, a live play gambler and you see that this Bill's punter isn't, uh, you know, taking care of business. Could be a good time to hammer the Chiefs. Yeah. Did you see the injury? Like he, he got injured on a, on a field goal. The punter. Yeah, because he was the holder. Yeah. He like fumbled <sighs> the snap. Yeah, I know. There was another injury. I, I had uh, tweeted about this. Uh why do teams put their starting left tackles on the field goal unit? Like Laramie Tunsil uh, for the Texans, as soon as it happened, you see him get rolled up on. It's like, what in the world is our star left tackle doing on field goal? Bro, hold on. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but Rob Gronkowski one year got oh hurt. Oh my God, I remember. Because he I was remember. on a PAT. He yeah. like broke his arm. <laughs> so what are we doing, bro? Why do we have a 53-man roster? We don't need you out there. Listen, now, now listen, look, I'll be honest. Right. If it's three seconds on the clock and it's a 50-yarder and we kick this to win a playoff game or to win the game, any game, I I'm cool with that. Yes. 
But if it's a PAT, yeah, I don't want my $30 million investment out there blocking. And I'm with a, huh, huh. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm no. cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. You that know what else drives, me? You know yeah. what else drives me crazy? When the punter kicks off. Hey, kicker, can we not just like kick off? It's not in his contract, bro. It's always amazed me that like there isn't one guy that's like, hey, let's add some more pieces to the roster. Turns out that I can actually do all this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Pat McAfee started doing it later in his career when Venetary would like, you know, pull off some, but it's like, you know, pay me more. Pay me his salary. Yeah. I'll do everything. Dude, I was watching the Lions game, the Lions playoff game with my buddy Dominic, who was in town. And I was complaining to him about that. I was like, bro, because like the Rams, their punter kicks off for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams do this. I'm like, dude, how lame are you? Like you can't, you can't kick off. You got to just only kick field goals. He's like, bro, you could have been a hybrid. You could have been, because I punted, I kicked, and I could throw. He's like, dude, you could have changed the game. I could have been your Taysom Hill. I, wow. You took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth, friend. A guy who does it all. Do everything, bro. Little pocket knife? No, it's a screwdriver. No, hey, I can why, open up a wine bottle. Why on a, on a 63-yard field goal attempt is he in shotgun formation just <laughs> waiting for the snap to come back to him? I'm drop-kicking it like we're in the 60s, dude. Um, so, anyways, you, you said that the champion comes out of this. Yes, that's my, that's my hot take for this episode. I think that the winner of the Chiefs-Bills game is going to win the Super Bowl. Give me the Buffalo Bills here. Give me the Buffalo Bills in a Josh Allen gets roughed up in the second quarter. It comes off the sideline with a little shoulder. Uh, comes back. Just uh, add to the storyline. Willis Reed moment. Oh, 100%. You know Coming it's out happen. the tunnel, baby. Shout out to the Knicks. So, because Josh Allen's also about the show. Yeah. Too, bro. Come on, Josh Allen. He knows how important he is, right? Like, he may be laying on the ground for a little extra second. Get up. Give Buffalo a little, you know. Give me the Bills. I think this will be a very uncharacteristic game out of the Chiefs. Like, I, I figure their offense is going to sputter um, in moments where you wouldn't expect it to, maybe some third downs. I, I think it's close. I like the over and the Bills. Man, it's so hard to look at this number and to look at Mahomes as an underdog and not pick them. Playoff Matt, uh, Pat was activated last week. I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'm going with Kansas City. I think the injuries, dude, we, we mentioned it. Eight guys either didn't play or got hurt in that game on Monday. And there seven of them are on defense. Hell, the punter also, right? And then Gabe yeah. Davis, who Gabe Davis, Chiefs killer. Remember, he had that monster, like eight catches for 200 yards and four touchdowns in that game. He was like, they would have built statues for him if they went on to win that one. Yeah. Um. I think you also need a matchup to watch for. Diggs and Sneed. Sneed mm-hmm. has been balling, bro. Sneed on the Chiefs has been an absolute baller. And Diggs hasn't had that crazy game yet. I've been waiting. Dude, I've... Stefan, plus 130, bro, for you to score a touchdown. How many more times do I have to bet this and lose on it? <laughs> the amount of times where, like, he just doesn't... But he's clearing his catch props. And I think that this team, everything goes through him. Like, he sets the tone. <clears throat> if you watched last week, too early dump, dump plays him, you know, four yards, five yards, get him going, get him excited. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a part of the offense. Yep. Right? Like you got to, you got to force feed the ball to those guys in the beginning. And he's clearly their best weapon. 
And hell, he might be the best offensive player on the field other than the quarterbacks yeah. on, on, on Sunday. So, dear Buffalo, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. My heart wants them to win. My pockets need them to win. I like but what I, you're doing here. But I think it's the Chiefs. What am I doing? You're reverse jinxing yourself on air. This is fucking <laughs> awesome. He, he thought he would get away with it. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm fully on the Chiefs, bro. Uh, you reverse jinxing yourself, you son of a bitch. Nah, but on a serious note. Yeah, yeah. On a serious yeah. note, I do think that the injuries are a big concern. For sure. If they were fully healthy, I'd feel way different. Yeah. I'd feel way different. And also remember, the Bills hosted a playoff game last year, divisional round. They played the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I was all in on the Bengals. Plus five and a half, ain't on the money line. And they had the offensive line injuries the Bengals did. Yeah, they had a brand new offensive line. Yeah. And then Joe Mixon went nuts. Yeah, yeah. And it was in the snow too. So yeah. it was like, you had everything going your way. But I, I I really think, I truly think it's the it's the injuries. And and Mahomes, man, until proven otherwise, it's like you can't really bet against them here. Eight and one and one as an underdog against the spread. So... Let's go, Buffalo. But I'm picking the Chiefs. All right. I did not like any of the quarterback uh, rushing props in that game, by the way. You're going to see me put some mm. in later, but uh, too high. 44 and a half for Josh Allen. And Patrick Mahomes was 27 and a half. Uh, just too scary for me to take that. If anything, I like kind of Josh Allen under 44 and a half. He runs hard, but I'm like, if you can defensively scheme up like one thing to stop like you got to slow this guy down yeah playoff spags bro you got to my boy Steve Spagnolo. loves bringing the heat yeah he does that he is does. true dude I'm not that excited for this game but I feel like this is the George Carmona playoff game ah, I appreciate you saying that Lions hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it's because you picked the Lions to win the Super Bowl and then you were the only one that showed Baker Mayfield love in the preseason show. Right. NFC South X Factor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's uh, legit. Fun fact. Baker Mayfield, 3-0 and ATS in the playoffs in his career. Jesus. And yeah. they're getting six? What's the line at right now? Plus six and a half at the moment. Six and a half. Yeah. Line creeped up half a point. Fun fact. This is the second time in Lions franchise history. They have been favorites in the playoffs in consecutive games. Last time this happened? 1957. My dad wasn't even born yet. Is it 57? 1952. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the right. LA Rams and the Cleveland Browns. Those are the two teams that they were favored over. Man, I love this game. And I, it, it's, I love it because I did put the Lions future in, and it's just like, the dream situation last week for me watching the Lions. It's terrifying. We we talked about it on the show. The team you do not want to face going into the playoffs. At that moment in time, I think it was week 17, we were like the Rams. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. not let's not play them. Oh yeah. And boom, week one. We end up with that matchup. And the storylines galore. And although the the score finished the way it did, I don't think it was as indicative of like how in control the Lions were of the game. They they did give up big plays, but I felt like it would the moment was never too big for the Lions. So now this is a dream matchup because although the Buccaneers took care of business against the Eagles, who 
we we need to have an episode in the off season about what happened. How, uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I love Philadelphia fans. They they're like a kid with an etch a sketch that just starts drawing something. And they're like, no, 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 I don't like this. AKA Sirianni's going to get fired. Um, I just think this is the easiest matchup in road that the Lions could have. And then if Green Bay beats the 49ers, I mean, they can walk into the playoffs. And I know it would be a, a legendary matchup, but the Lions offense, damn, bro, I hate to say it because it, it just, it might come off as biased, but I think they're the most well-rounded offense next to the 49ers. You have a premier receiving threat in Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams as of lately has been really picking it up. Then you got Sam Laporta at tight end. You got Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. You have a two-headed monster in the yeah. backfield. And a great offensive line. I mean. Great play caller who's a top candidate. They're built to make a, a Super Bowl run. And I, I've been on them since August, man. And I, I it's fun to see it come together. Uh, when I put my future bet in for the Rangers to win the World Series and me being a half-assed baseball fan, um, I didn't like, it didn't get me going until they were about to make the World Series, right? Watching that Lions playoff game last week was probably the the most fun I've ever had as a sports betting fan because I knew that all I needed now and all I need moving forward is three more weeks. I need the Ravens to keep advancing and I need the Lions to keep advancing. And to think that I predicted that way back then, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. George is on fire this year. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I and I know going into the next season, there's a couple of young teams that are, you know, emerging that I'm like, you you definitely want to put some money into these guys. Uh, well, that's the only downside to the Texans and Packers run. Because, man, as I was watching this year, bro, I was like, these two teams, I'm going to. I'm going to be all in on. But now all it's right. no longer a surprise. Correct. Right? Like you would have, ideally you would have liked both of them to miss the playoffs. Yes. Because then you would have forgot about it. And yeah. then you'd be like, yo, you know, actually it was pretty good. Packers. Jordan Love was pretty good. Yeah. DJ Stroud was an MVP candidate, rookie of the year. Like it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, but they're both in the playoffs, right? And then with the Lions, I agree with you, man, about their offense and, um, Johnson, the OC, is getting a lot of attention, a lot of hype. And they're really good at home. They're 7-1 and one straight up in their last eight games at home. And they are 15-5 and five straight up in their last 20 games against the NFC. And they own the NFC South, 5-1 uh, and one against the spread in the last six games. Uh, the best thing about the Detroit Lions is if you pull up their injury report, no one's on it. Whoa. No one is on the injury report. Um, and that is... Great. Remarkable. that Laporta went from not playing last week Just, to scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Which, by the way, a defensive tackle and the best tight end in the league. Which, by I, I what this, are we doing? this player, I, I forget his name, Halverson or Halvenstein or yeah. whatever. Dude, I mean, I would ask for more money, like, moving forward. It's like, I rush the quarterback. You guys yeah. are putting me in one-on-one -on -one situations with Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Like, are you and, smoking and, crack? And the tight end. Like, come on, bro. It was wild. It Poor was guy. so dumb. I saw it and I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But can I tell you something about St. Brown, bro? Yeah. That's your boy. I think that's your boy. Like, I know I say a lot of times, like, yo, that's your boy. 
Like, nah, nah, nah. I think Sane Brown is your boy. Because you were on your show. You had me on your show. Yeah. Shout out Gridiron Junkies. And you said, like, week six of last year, you're like, yo, he's a top five wide receiver. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. And then he's an all-pro. Yeah. How about this? He made the all-pro team, didn't make the Pro Bowl. Let's you know everything you need to know about the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Let's you know everything you need to know about the Pro Bowl. Dude, you know who he reminds me of? Hit me with it. I think you're going to like this. And I got to give credit to my boy Dominic. Back uh, two, two Dominic mentions on this podcast. We're watching the game together. He goes, yo, Steve Smith 2.0. Damn. Just dog, right? Physical. Undersized. Yep. Right? He's not 6'4", 230. He's the perfect frame. But yeah. he's like, fucking get off me, bro. Yeah. Stiff arm, slapping people. You know what I like the Gets most? Gets the first down and just like flexes. The best part about Amon Ross St. Brown, and not all players have this, and I, I know you'll know what I'm talking about. They're able to talk shit and know when the retaliation is coming and then act like they never just talk shit at all. Like, he he will get in a person's face, dog him out, and then as soon as that DB is about to, like, shove him or push him off, he's already, like, mentally, like, he doesn't even, like, look at him anymore. He just goes straight back to the huddle. Yeah. And it's like he wins every battle. When the, when the play starts, when the play ends, he's winning. And he became super popular when he kept listing off all the names of the wide receivers that went before him. Yeah. It's and a long list. like that. Yeah. 17, 17 wide receivers went before him? Yep. That's crazy. That age is horrible. That's the best thing, man. I like those guys that are scrappy like that. And shout out to Will Blackman. Mm -hmm. he, he had had him at his coaching camp a couple of times. And he said, like, yo, this kid, he also went to SC. Mm. Like, Will's from the LA area. And he, he showed him a lot of love. And he was like, yo, that kid's going to be legit, man. 65% of the bets are coming in on the Detroit Lions. 79% of the money, <clears throat> excuse me, is also coming in on the Detroit Lions. So you have the pros and the Joes back in the same team. At the moment, it's the only game on the docket that has both the public and the pros on the same side. Yeah. Everybody else, it's not, it's not the case. I think that is a very good just test case as to like, although this is a a sleeper of a game. I don't necessarily want to write off the Buccaneers, but I just, we all know that the Buccaneers are going to one, like Baker Mayfield, no matter how good he played, even against the Eagles this past week, was missing shot plays, which yeah. you cannot do. Plays that are scripted up for you to get 30 plus yards, and you saw him overthrow people a couple of times. I know that the Lions play a the worst pass defense in the league. I, I know it. And I don't, I don't know if it's statistically the worst. I'm seeing here the Buccaneers are 29th in pass defense. The Lions are 27th in pass defense. So I'm not only banking, though, on the Buccaneers failing, but eventually, eventually, this Lions defense is going to figure it out. And I think it comes with bringing pressure and playing man defense. They did it against the Cowboys that week that, you know, they got robbed. They only gave up two touchdowns in that game. You're going to see it again uh, this upcoming week. And I'm going to be honest, there's no real star power on the Buccaneer side that makes me fearful. You you know they're going to take away Mike Evans. Mm. Okay, who's you going to go to next? Kada Otten at tight end? Uh, I think you're underselling Godwin. Mm. Godwin is... I maybe. Yeah. And that's the thing about Tampa and why, you know... <clears throat> 
it's so much easier to say now, but I think like every year I like adding more and more to my arsenal and like those situational betting spots that I talk about or, you know, um, like plays of the year or whatever. You, you get access to new information and then like right. you should be able to adjust. I, that's how I live my life for everything. It's like, I'm not married to my ideas. I'm not married to my opinions. And if someone presents me information that I think could be useful or it's informative, I'll say to myself, oh, okay, cool. And then you might say, yo, you thought something else last week. Yeah, but you came and presented a new case. So the reason why I'm saying all this is because from one year to another, Tampa Bay, the only thing they lost was Tom Brady. And it's not like Tom Brady last year was a world the MVP. Yeah. And then Baker inherits a team that has a lot of talent, bro. And they have guys in Godwin, <clears throat> the running back. Um, I'm blanking on his name. White. Yes. Rashad uh, White. Rashad White. Yeah, I was blanking on his name. And then Mike Evans, right? You have guys that could take over games. And you're inheriting a team that still has a lot of good talent. So <clears throat> I think it's a really cool matchup. I think the storylines are great. And, yo, Baker's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. Baker's definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder. And as an underdog, he's been pretty solid. Yeah. He's covered four in a row as a dog. He's seven and one against the spread in his past eight games. In his career, he's 27 and 21 as an underdog. He sucks as a favorite. One of the worst records of all time. 14, 26 and one as a favorite. So, I know who you're going to pick. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even but though, I also think it's the right side. Even though, though, like, okay, so you see all these inflated lines this week. You know, this is one game where it's kind of holding true. I mean, would would it have shocked you if you saw the Lions as seven and a half, eight and a half point favorites? No, I don't think so. Right. So, yeah. like, I think this is a it's a it's a truer line because they know that one. The one thing that Tampa Bay really has going for them is like they can stop the run. They they got big bodies up front, and their linebacking core with Shaquille Barrett is you know top notch, if not elite. That's the reason why they're here. Yeah, and this level, uh, this late into the playoffs, but it's a situation in which I know Dan Campbell does not call the offensive plays, but head coaches definitely influence what is sure. being. Called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope it's not one of those games where like Dan Campbell wants to have like a, a a pissing contest where he's like, no, 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 we can run the ball. And then they force feed it. You had mentioned uh, running the ball on second and 10 and, and how that annoys you. It's definitely something that, you know, Detroit is very prone to doing. And if the Buccaneers defense bows up and they aren't trusting the pass, Jared Goff's one of those quarterbacks you gotta you gotta warm him up. You can't just come into the game and have him reading the field left to right like how Patrick Mahomes can. He needs to have you know his reads a little more minimized and coming off the the, the play action. So that would be the the case that Tampa Bay could pull this out to me is if they stop the run, and because they stop the run, they limit the Lions' opportunities to control the clock. That's the only way. Yeah. There's something interesting about this Lions game and the Chiefs game also. Rest advantage. Mm. Both 
of the opponents for these teams played on Monday. They played either Saturday, so two extra days if you're Kansas City, and then you have one extra day if you're Detroit. Teams with the rest advantage, 32 and 23 straight up, 30 and 25 against the spread. And this is the second game in NFL playoff history with a two-day difference. Cowboys at Niners. San Fran had eight days. Dallas had six days. San Francisco won and covered 19 to 12. That was last year. Mm. So this is something that very rarely happened. But it's interesting to monitor because now you don't have two bye week teams. You have only one. Did you see the... uh... That's that's a very mm. good point. And, you know, the NFL is usually pretty good at this, trying to match it up. It's no Yeah, like it would have sucked. Yeah. It would have sucked if Buffalo played Saturday. Right. That wouldn't have happened. But I'm saying like that that kind of stuff is whack. For sure. You know. For sure. And what I was gonna get to is did you see the reporter for the Buccaneers? Oh, this that, is gold. That asked Todd Bowles. So uh it turns out the weather is going to be around 12 degrees. Uh, are you factoring that in this week to your uh, Rough. to your practice plan? And he's like, bro, his voice is weird. Todd Bowles has a weird voice. Yeah. You, you don't realize we're playing outside, right? <laughs> or inside, right? Yeah. No, it was They've it only was had so a funny. dome for 50 years. Yeah, no. I mean, four yeah, feet. that was crazy. That was crazy. They let anybody, you know, just like how people leave comments. Oh, who gave these to a podcast? Who let that lady into the press conference? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say it now. Yeah. You see, you see it happen a lot, man. You see it happen a lot. Do you think there's any way that you'd put money on the Buccaneers? I obviously it would be with the points, I would imagine. Like if that line inflates maybe to eight. Well, here's the thing that's crazy. And I think all the potential matchups could be wild. Like, bro, there, there is a possibility that going into this game, one of these two teams is going to host the NFC title game next week. Like, that is possible if Green Bay goes and beats San Francisco. Right. And it's nuts to think about, but, like, Baker Mayfield could be hosting the NFC title game <laughs> with a chance to go to the fucking Super Bowl <laughs> on his fourth team in three years. Like, What? Right. That's crazy, bro. And then on the flip side, you could have Detroit. Oh shit, we don't got to go to we don't got to go to San Fran. I like, mean, knock. What? There's not wood around me. Oh, I'd be knocking God. on wood. I need Green Bay. Dude, yeah, through. of course you do for the bets, man. For the bets, of course, bro. Like <clears throat> another uh this is the second time that I mentioned someone for the second time on a podcast. Will Blackman. Mm-hmm. He played on the Giants Super Bowl 46 when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? That year, the Giants played in New Orleans and got smoked by, like, three touchdowns. I think they ended up winning by two touchdowns, but, like, they were up 30 points the whole game. That year, though, the Giants beat the number one seed Packers when Rodgers won the MVP. And then you had the, the Niners with Alex Smith beat the Saints as the two seed. It was the 2-3 matchup. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the Niners beat the Saints. The Giants, I don't even think, played the Packers yet. I was like, bro, we're going to the Super Bowl. All my friends are like, yo, are you crazy, San Francisco? I was like, bro, we don't got to go to New Orleans. Right. We're chilling. I asked Will that. And he's like, oh, yeah, we felt the same way. 
was yeah. like, for real? He's like, oh yeah, when, when the Saints got knocked out, we were like, we're going to Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. I was like, bro, that's so fire to think the way I thought. How could you not? Bro, yeah. they're human beings too, yeah. right? They, yeah, they, yeah. they read the storylines. I mean. And, and like, they're also honest with the matchups. Like, that would be a terrible matchup going to the Superdome yeah. then. Oh, my God. Anytime you go. Yeah. But back then with Breeze and Peyton, was, they were putting bounties on people too. Like, come on, man. That's dangerous, bro. Yeah. That was not a fun <laughs> place a to play. Time. They used to call it the course field of, of the NFL. Remember course field with the Rockies? Yeah. Like, all their numbers are inflated. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Dudes would hit, like, 50 home runs in there and then go to another team and hit, like, 12. <laughs> Arguably one of my favorite baseball stadiums <clears throat> as far as the way it's set up. Yeah. course field. I've never been to it. I've, I've never been to it, too, but seeing it on oh, ESPN it on, for oh, all yeah, these yeah, years, yeah, I'm like, gotcha, gotcha. that's just pretty nice. Yeah. I'm going to go with Detroit, and I think Detroit covers. What's the over-under on this one? 48 and a half. Jeez, 48 and a half. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I like the number at six and a half. I would take Detroit. If this line goes up any higher, I would definitely take the Bucks because I know the Lions well enough watching them this year that like that number's too big for them to to cover. 48 and a half is, is wild to me because I think this game, uh, this I think this game goes under. Yeah. Here's a wild stat. Ready for this? Yeah. Teams to win as an underdog in the wild card round are six and twenty-five straight up, fourteen and seventeen against the spread in the divisional round over the past twenty years. Tampa Bay underdog, mm-hmm. Packers underdog, Texans underdog in the wild card round. It's fair to say one of them is adding to that win total. Yes, I don't know, man. I think all they're very three, compelling. And and since 2011, this since 2011, so that's 13 years, 1 in 17 straight up are those teams. So if you are a Packers, Bucks or a Texans fan, might be a rough weekend for you. I would like to uh to close this uh off and say that just don't miss your props this weekend people. Mm. Don't miss your props. There's lots of good lines think about creative situations you got players playing at their purest form i love playoff football yeah, yeah. there's no gray area you know you're going to get their best that's that yeah that's jared that. goff over two and a half rushing yards take it there's that there's that all right let's go to the patreon before we bring on alan to talk about the rest of the games let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors fly me out Legends, do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into the curated experiences with their platform, and it's never been easier for you to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories or fly me out. As someone that recently just went to Colombia over the summer for the first time, my dream place to go and visit, and I went there by myself because my friends are lame as shit and they didn't want to go on vacation, fly me out is exactly what I needed in my life. They scout and curate the trips to some of the world's most exciting locations, and it's a phenomenal way to network with some of the top achievers and innovators from various fields in the many 
industries out there. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. I want to assure you that I'm wholeheartedly behind this one because one of my really good friends, Zach, is the mastermind behind it. When going to sign up, use the code VM1 for expedited application review, and I promise it's going to be a good time. All right, before we have Alan join us, let's give a roll call for the Patreon, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, you see the tiers that we have for as little as one American dollar. You can join the Patreon and support the show. $5 tier, you get all the betting picks and the Discord access. The $10 tier, you get the monthly giveaways. $20 tier, you get the shout outs, you get merch on discount. And then the $40 tier, you're honestly just a crazy SOB, but we love and appreciate you. And it's time for the roll call. We got Mahul Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben Kotsian, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Plades, Dylan Chadwick, Jerry Shapiro. This isn't loading right now. This is crazy that this is happening. Um, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, Thomas Robinson. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. And joining us now. I say this every time, George, and I know this is the first time that you two connect. Yes. Uh, Alan has not been arrested and he is not in a prison. He's safe and sound at home because the background of my guy, Alan, looks as if, look at that. Look at that. I keep telling him we need some, we need some artwork. We yeah. need some. I mean, the more I hear about this, the more you just push me. I really got to get on this. We just had a, a, a bit of an issue in New York, you know, it's five degrees as ice, but you know, I gotta, I just gotta do some real shopping, especially now that NFL season is slowly coming down. Like we don't have to watch 10, 12 games a week now. It's now four, which is nice. So I gotta dedicate some time to it, but. What a weekend. This is arguably best weekend of the year for football. Yeah, and they call it the best weekend of the year because it's the, you know, you have the bye week teams playing, so it's the best teams yep. that are left, George. Would you and, agree? Do you think? Yeah, and I was, to, to piggyback on that, it's the most healthy I've ever seen this weekend. Like, in, in recent years, I feel like there's always a team or two that's going into it with, like very apparent injuries that can hinder that team and hold them back. But it seems like every team that's going to be playing this weekend is like at pretty much max capacity for how much effort they're going to be putting out. And it's going to make for a way better product on top of what was already a good product. Yeah. I will say the only one that is a little hobbled is what we talked about before with Buffalo. Buffalo is the only one yeah. uh, coming into it that is pretty hobbled. Alan, before we talk to you about the Saturday games, bro, George and I already gave our opinions on Bills, Chiefs, and then the Bucks and the Lions game. The Bucks, Lions, who do you have in that? And then tell us who you got in Chiefs, Bills. I think the Lions went pretty decisively. Just, I think they're the superior offense. I love, I, I love Tampa's story, but they're just. You could get them at them in the secondary, and I love the fact that the Lions are blitzing more to make up for their lackluster secondary. I think that's kind of what won them the game against the Rams. Like you saw in the in the red zone, that the Rams were zero for three, the Lions were three for three, and I thought just them blitzing a lot. And you blitz Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's due for two to three dangerous throws a game. Uh, Zach Cunningham on the Eagles had decent hands; he probably could have picked both those passes off. So I just think the Lions are too low to right now, and dude, that home field advantage is real. 
you know, I don't know how they could top it. I don't know what Eminem song they're going to play. I don't know what artists they could get. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe Big Sean could carry it a little this time. I don't know. But that Detroit home field advantage is real. So definitely the Lions. I think Bill's Chiefs is the only real difficult game to choose from. And as down as I've been on the Chiefs, I'm very concerned about the Bills' injuries. I know Russell Douglas might be back, but Bernard's huge loss. I forgot what other linebacker lost, but their secondary is beat up to the point where they got to play Kyrie Elam, who's been a huge bust. And you even saw like Mason Rudolph was getting comfortable in that second half, and he was putting together good drives against a very wounded Buffalo defense. So uh, as much as I'm down on the Chiefs, I think we know the Chiefs to beat the Bills, which is kind of disappointing because I just want to see Josh Allen really make a run, but I just, I can't trust that defense right now. So going to go above comprehensively and Chiefs and the biter. Yeah, that was kind of the same thing I was echoing before, man. And, you know, we, George and I already spoke about it, so I don't want to spend too much time. It, it, it's just hard for me to play off Pat, bro. No one has won more playoff games than him at his age. Yeah. Uh, the accolades are crazy. And then again, Buffalo defensively, guys are just dropping like flies and you don't want to be hurt this time of the year. So right. when George said that everybody's pretty much healthy, at least on the mm. offensive side, you yeah. know, yeah. I, I, for a majority of these teams. But no, you you brought up a very good point. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Everybody knows financially and where my heart wants to happen, but I I think it's going to be hard to not pick the Chiefs in that one. So we'll see how this plays out. Alan, let's talk about <clears throat> 49ers Packers. I spoke about this on the Monday show. And for me, the the, the storylines are endless, right? We know about LaFleur and Shanahan, their relationship. Um, shout out to the Washington, then Redskins, uh, who had them two and McVay in the locker room, in the dressing room. All of them bounced. Uh, it's always good to throw a shot at how trash Washington has been all these years. I mean, it's good. It's good. And that was Gruden, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so hey. you, you tossed the Gruden coaching tree in there. Bro, right? Gruden never gets the, the, the love of recognition for that. And he just got massacred by RG3 Allen <laughs> on social media this week. If you uh, I have that. to check that out. Oh, dude, it's yeah. great. So, you didn't see this? Yeah. No. Oh, so basically, uh, Jay Gruden tweeted something along the lines of uh, something about Jalen Hurts and um, uh, the organization didn't put him in a, in a, in a position to prosper. And then RG3 kind of commented like, hey, man. Oh, that's epic. And then that's awesome. And then they were going back and forth. And it's good. You know, it was it was in good fun. But I think there was a lot of jabs being thrown there, Alan, for sure. Yeah. I just also want to mention Kyle Shannon and Matt LaFleur were on the 2016 Falcons coaching staff that went to the Super Bowl. And Dan Quinn infamously did not want Matt. He could have promoted Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was the quarterback's coach at the time. But he decided he wanted to. Matt Lafleur went to Tennessee, and Dan Quinn went with Steve Sarkeesian, which led to a lot of disappointment. So, uh, nevertheless, though Shanahan and Lafleur do have history in Atlanta, and we know that 2016 Falcons offense historic. Oh yeah, that was when uh, Julio originated. Hey. Shout out, good to times, Julio. good times. All right, so the line on this game: the Packers are nine and a half point underdogs. Uh, everybody coming into this game, like George mentioned before, pretty healthy. Um, nobody on the injury report for the San Francisco 49ers. And we know 
how successful they are when everything is perfect for them, when everyone's available and they'll have everyone available. I think the line for this is justified. I think the Niners coming off the bye week, I think it came at a good time for them. Um, I am always worried, though, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, George. Yeah. Do you worry about the bye week teams? Because the games that we broke down earlier mm-hmm. didn't feature any bye week teams. Everyone right. played last week, so they're hot. Yep. Whereas you have the Niners and the Ravens, so kind of combining the two games in theory together. Are you worried about these teams that, dude, it's been three weeks since they've played a competitive game. And I'm always worried about them coming out. Maybe, you know, they, a three and out, right? Like the timing is wrong. Kittle Kittle breaks right. He throws it left. It's incomplete. And then before you know it, maybe you're trailing. The perfect recipe to winning and beating a team fresh off a bye week is exactly what happened in the Green Bay Dallas game this past week. It's like, if you take the ball, and I think these teams, if you are playing a team that's coming off a bye week, you got to take the ball first. Like, you got to make them real. So I think that was a big-time move that the Packers did this past week, and then you can possibly see it again this week. They win the toss. They elect to receive. They go down and score a touchdown. Brock Purdy's first mistake could be the deciding factor, and that's not even, like, starting the second quarter. You know what I mean? And that's exactly... um what your biggest fear is. I don't see a lot of teams and it'll be interesting to watch it this week. If you know, you are riding that momentum, do you take the ball first? You know what I mean? Or do you trust your defensive scheme that you've been putting in, you know, for at least two weeks? Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't be necessarily too worried if I was San Francisco. I think they match up perfectly with green Bay and they're going to be able to slow them down way better than the Cowboys did. I love that take. Yeah. That's a really good take, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've been working on it all week. <laughs> uh, Alan, how do you feel about that, man? These teams coming off the bye. Uh, if you're a battle-tested team like San Francisco, I'm not concerned. San Francisco's been here before. Uh, they have several players. It's like a very much a veteran team. So I'm not too concerned about coaching staff there. They'll have them all prepared. So. Uh, I think it's one thing Baltimore might be, they're a little younger, even though I know Lamar has been here before, but their roster, you know, they definitely have some of their bigger names uh, haven't been in this position before. But when you look at San Francisco, for the most part, they've been here. So I think they'll be ready to roll. Yeah, I think they'll be ready. And I think that they're, man, the road for them in the a- NFC, I think got so much easier with the two teams losing last week. Yeah. I mean, This is a tall task. Like, I don't want to, like, write off the Packers because the Packers do have the ability with Aaron Jones. Tell me Aaron Jones didn't look so much fresher than everybody else this past week. Like, he looked like a premier running back, you know, last game, but especially the last four weeks of the season. This dude's been on fire. So, well, he was healthy. Yeah. And that was the big knock on him throughout the year. Like, he was in and out the lineup. And then even even Christian Watson, I know he wasn't the craziest factor last week, but that's just another weapon on the offense. And something that was really interesting that, like the fallout from that game, there was a sideline report about Jordan Love, how he mentioned they asked him in the preseason about having a real number one wide receiver. And he says, I like that we don't have one. I like that I'm not forced to have to throw to a Stephon Diggs 12 times a game or a CeeDee Lamb or a Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. 
And he said, I have a bunch of number one options. So it's harder for the defense to key navigate it. and key that, right? Yeah. It's third and seven. It's not always going to go to Reed. It's not always going to go to Jones out the backfield. Where a lot of other teams, like, bro, how many times did Matthew Stafford drop back and you're like, all right, it's it's not even going to go to Cooper Cup anymore. It's going to Puka. Right. And every third down was going to Puka. So I think it's a it's a blessing and a curse, but I think it's more so of a blessing when you have a balanced offense like that. And, dude, I've been harping on this. If you go back to the preseason, I know I was wrong on them going 12-5 and five and winning the division, but he was a big wild card in the NFC. Jordan Love, that is. And since week 11, if you, if you put the stats for the Cowboys game also, one interception since week 11, bro. That's crazy. He's That's crazy. playing as good, if not the best quarterback play right now. Yeah. And he got that swagger, bro. He got that swagger. The team is playing behind them. They're young and dumb. Maybe they don't know any better. Like all their skill position players outside of Aaron Jones, Allen, they're all first and second year guys. So to them, it's probably just another game. It's, yo, it's whatever, bro. Let's go. Yeah, we're the underdog bet. This is dope. It's all that, JJ Dillon too, but yeah. Yeah, but he AJ didn't play Dillon last week. Right. Yeah, he didn't fair play enough. Last week. And, and at the moment, he's on the injury report. Um, he's questionable for Saturday. So I just think right now the Packers are playing really well. They've been basically playing playoff football since about week 11, 12, because, yeah. you know, even though Tommy DeVito, the passing paisan, hey, right. he, uh, he's the only one that's like, like he lit up the Packers defense. And I think about that in the back of my mind as I'm going into this game. I know the way I've been talking, George, seems like I'm picking Green Bay. I'll be shocked if this is if Green Bay covers the spread. I think it's a Niners win, and really? I think I think the Niners win rather comfortably. I think they're in control throughout the entire game, like basically how the Bills were with the Steelers. For sure, yeah, I I can see that path. If it wasn't for Jordan Love, don't miss this, bro. You you said it earlier this year. This man is going to. If he continues bringing the Packers playoff wins, he'll be in contention for the Hall of Fame if he if he performs at this crazy level. So don't miss the boat. I don't got fried after week one when I said when you said it. I said that the Packers are going to have fifty years of Hall of Fame play, and then I think the Monday Night Football game against the Raiders, Allen, he had like four interceptions. <laughs> Because that game was in yeah, that, was that, that game was here in Vegas. It was a slight jinx. <clears throat> yeah, a little jinx, you know. But, but you no, saw no, the dark I, side early. That's hey, fine. Bro, I didn't. I didn't jinx anybody worse than the Jaguars. You know, they went one and six after I made them the thumbnail. Why oh. doesn't anyone respect the Jaguars? <laughs> <laughs> they got throttled by the Niners, and then they went one and six the rest of the way. So shout out Jacksonville, yeah. Duval County. My bad, bro. That's so funny. <laughs> Long off season for them. Long off season, bro. But dude, I think I think the Niners, um, they got to jump out to a lead, though. Yeah, they got to jump. You can't, you can't let Brock Purdy have to play from behind. That's where it could get a little fishy. That's why, bro. What you said: if the Packers go out, they get the toss, they go down and score, right? Yes. Purdy gets the ball back, picks up a first down. McCaffrey, 22-yard run. Oh, shit, it's good. Then McCaffrey run, stopped. Second and 10. By the way, biggest pet peeve I have right now, 
Alan, how many second and long runs were ran last week by so many teams, bro? Second and 10, you're running the ball, stuffed, third and 10, third and eight, third and nine. Alan, it's the one thing that drives me crazy, bro. Yeah, that's why I, Mike McCarthy, uh, if he doesn't want it, they don't want him to be head coach next year, be greatly appreciated because his offense is so outdated. Now, I could see if you're in like a four down mentality, like Dan Campbell has it. Dan Campbell, sometimes him and Ben Johnson, they'll run the ball on third and six, but they had the mentality, all right, we'll go for on like a fourth and two. That I can totally understand. But when you're down three possessions and you're not even that great of a running team like Dallas, I just don't get it at all. Right, yeah. right now in the NFC, you might be looking at two of the hottest teams. Um, in the past 10 games, Shanahan and LaFour, they're seven and three. Um, offensive. I don't know if star power is fair to say for Green Bay because they are so young, but they're playing like it. Right. Like, dude, Reed, what? He didn't have a catch last week. Mm-hmm. And I think he might be their most complete wide receiver. Agreed. That's a very good point. And, and that's yeah. crazy, right? Like, how many teams, bro, if, dude, if, if the Bills don't get like 100 yards from Stephon Diggs, I think they're in trouble. Like, I think that's what, you know, he needs seven to eight catches and 100 yards or else they're in trouble. And right now, these teams have played a lot in the past. Remember, this is a revenge game. Niners eliminated the Packers as a wild card team going into Green Bay two years ago. Yep. And they've also played each other in the past multiple times. A lot of matchups between the two of them. Yeah. Um, I think I think we got to keep it straight. 49ers have owned the Packers in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, yeah. In the playoffs, they've had yeah, their number. That's why I said it's a revenge days, game. Yeah. 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 Like, even 2019 when Jimmy, I think, Garoppolo only threw like nine passes. They ran for over 200 yards. Like, it, it's been very one-sided, but, I mean, we got to keep it, you know, level-headed here with Green Bay. They're, they have nothing to lose. This has been a phenomenal season for them. They've completely overachieved. I think Matt LaFleur has stamped himself as one of the best coaches in the league. Like, what they did against Dallas was masterful. Like, they should be absolutely proud of themselves. So, I think they're just going to be fearless in here. But I think they know they got flaws, particularly defensively, like, it's going to be very hard for them to keep pace with St. Frank just because they have so many holes defensively and schematically. I just, we're going to see, we're going to see what Joe Barry's made of. Like Joe Barry's been a bit of a punching bag in Green Bay. Oh man. Now he's going to be in Shannon. It's, it could get ugly. Something, I mean, something really interesting. The Packers are two and four against the spread in the last six games against the San Francisco 49ers. It's going to what Allen is saying, right? Like yep. the Niners are four and two against the spread in those games. And that trend does not bode well for the Packers who are close to a 10 point underdog. Yeah. So I think that the Niners win this game rather comfortably. I'm hoping I'm wrong because I would like to see some competitive games this week. Last week, all the games were trash, bro. The best game was Lions Rams and everyone kind of handicapped it as Oh, it is a coin flip game. And it came down to the wire. So everybody was right. The Vegas line, the sports books, they had it at minus three throughout the whole week. And it was justified when you see how the game ended. Whereas Packers game was over at halftime. Yep. Chiefs game was over when they got off the bus and they realized that it was 12 12 degrees. Tweeting. Like if your Twitter is popping, you know, after that first half in the Cowboys game, you're like, all right, this is a Twitter game. Like, you just have it playing in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're mad scrolling memes. You're like, this is beautiful. Yeah. 
Packers Cowboys was super entertaining. I know it was lopsided, but like majority of the blowouts were pretty lackluster. Like that Chiefs Dolphins game was it was dull. I did yeah. not enjoy it much, but I thought Tampa Philly that was just a game that could have been played in week three. Like, don't get me started <laughs> with the Eagles. What a disgraceful performance! I could go on about how bad they are. Uh, but yeah, it was at least Packers Cowboys. Like we were witnessing greatness, and the same thing for the Texans. Like we'll get to them, but just seeing Stroud and Love what they're doing as pocket passers, it's just, you, you just got to pick out to them. And you're seeing these great coaching staffs really put together masterful game plans. So at least from the Packers standpoint and the Texans, at least those blowouts to me were really definitive moments where just like, okay, these franchises, they're taking the next step. The other blowouts, it was just like either pretty much everyone saw coming or you saw just complete embarrassment, a.k.a. Philadelphia Eagles. Man, that was that was definitely rough. Um, last thing I wanted to mention, um, I think it's a way different matchup for the Packers defense this week because of the versatility of this offense. Yeah, I've been harping on how I think the San Francisco 49ers have the most unique offense that I've ever seen. Granted, I've been watching football for about 20 years, but really understanding it for 15. And then obviously doing the content for eight years now. I think that it's the most versatile and unique offense because of Debo in the backfield, use check in the backfield, use check catching passes, Kittle. Yeah. Like they have so many different weapons where the Cowboys, bro, they were putting three guys on CD Lamb. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when's the last time Michael Gallup had a decent game like he did? It's been since like 2020. So it was an easier matchup, I think, defensively for the Packers, where now it's shit, man. <laughs> Who am I covering first? Ayuk had a career year. Debo can can have those games where he literally takes over like he did against Philly. And then you have Kittle. Yep. You have McCaffrey. You have all these other weapons. What do so you I, take away? <clears throat> yeah, what do you take away? Where yeah. with, with Dallas, it was easy. It was like, yo, we're going to take away 88. And we're going to win the game. We're going to win the game. Whereas that's why I think it's a little bit of a different matchup here. And the Niners are healthy. They have two weeks off. And we've spoke about how I think Purdy and this team has one loss with him as a starter when everybody's healthy. And it's the Monday night football game when they got their shit punched in by the Ravens. That same look that Brock Purdy had on his face, we will be seeing again this weekend. Whoa. Mark my words. And it, it, it could still amount into a 49ers victory. But you know as soon as a little bit of adversity hits him, bro, like in, in Dak Prescott's eyes in that moment in time and uh, this past weekend, and then Brock Purdy then, it's just they can see the articles being written about how they aren't the answer, you know? And it's, it's, a, it's a sad sight. But you can literally tell. Just watch. The, these camera people are immaculate. That would be my favorite job is to be the close-up camera person of an NFL quarterback. You just capture every little moment. Yeah. So are you going with the Niners to win? I'm going with the Packers oh, in this okay. game. I'm, going, wow. I'm taking them with the points. My favorite bet, though, is Jordan Love over eight and a half rushing yards. I had Tua this past week at 25, over 25 rushing yards, seven to one crazy prop. He hits it. I think there's a situation or two in this game where the pocket collapses and he escapes for a first down and there's you're over. So wow. <laughs> okay, Packers. I like it, man. I yeah. like it. Yeah, no. I I am a huge fan of the way they performed last week 
And I don't think it's something that should be understated. So. Hey, bro, listen, I'm on I'm on the Niners and I think rather comfortably. Allen, as you know, it's Royal Rumble season. As oh, yeah. a wrestling fan, how dope would it be if it's Lions Packers NFC title game? Lions finally have finally get their moment, and there they are again. <laughs> Those bastards from Green Bay in the way once again. It's it's not as if they had 30 years of dominating us. We got to go through them again. So that would be fire. I don't think it happens. I think the Niners win rather comfortably. The line has moved. It opened at minus 10. You can get it at, at eight and a half now. Kind of a dead number. You could play it either way. So if you liked it at 10, should still like it at eight and a half. Um, I, I think it's going to be the Niners though, Alan. Yeah, if the Packers are bad defensively, I punch a chance. But that defense is just like uh, they could they could pass rush. Don't get me wrong. Like Kenny Clark, Dante Wyatt, uh, Sean Gary's been fantastic. Like they, they could get after a little bit, but I'm trusting Shannon. I think this is a big Kittle game. Packers did not cover tight ends well, and they don't tackle particularly well. And I think that's the difference maker. Like if you don't tackle well against the Niners, you're going to be in for a long night because we know the tackle breaking ability yeah. of Kittle and Debo. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Sanford. I do think it's somewhat competitive, uh, but I think we'll see eventually just the more Green Bay has to drop back, the more you're giving Sanford opportunities to put that front four together of Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, and Eric Armstead. And when those four are back there, just it's a matter of time before the pocket collapses. So I think Sanford has too much firepower and they probably win by like, I would go like 38, 24. 38-24 covers the spread. It's going to be beautiful weather. Alan, and I saw what Allen did there. Allen right now just did what all analysts and sports just, sports media people used to do like a decade ago. They couldn't say that the team was going to cover, but they'd give you the score. Or, or they would say something like, oh, I think they win by three touchdowns. And then you look at the point spread and it's 10. You're like, oh, three touchdowns. That's 21 points. That's a cover. Yeah, 21 <laughs> points in the playoff. Dang it, we've seen it. So yeah, we have, man, we have, and and it brings us to um, actually before we move on, you're talking to someone that is obviously pro quarterback as a as a stud, you know, rec league Sunday morning football thrower. quarterback myself, guys. Uh, I do always lean to the better quarterback, divisional round, NFC title game. Kind of make the case that it might be Jordan Love, bro. Wow. Dare we say oh, it? Is. It's just, yeah, it is. Yeah. He has, just, what if, what if Jordan Love played up. for the Niners? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. The, the the team is yeah. completely stacked. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Dude, I'm actually excited for all the games this weekend. I think the storylines in all the games are dope as hell. I think the potential matchups are all captivating no matter what they might be. Right. Right. And it leads us to this game. The Baltimore Ravens are now eight point favorites opened up at minus 10, two point swing, which is massive this time of year. Yep. This is a massive movement. A lot of people are betting the Texans. The Texans are coming off a big win, which you know what, Alan golf clap for Alan. Alan said he liked the Texans. He said I was crazy when uh, I said the Browns win by three touchdowns. Oh, wow. Um, I got some tweets from people uh, saying that I was wrong, and I was. Yeah. So uh, I think picking the Eagles was crazier, but 
It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was on the Eagles, too. I was on the Eagles, too. But with the Texans here, a lot of momentum, right? It's the feel-good story. Allen mentioned how the Packers are playing with house money. I think this is the epitome of house money if you're the Houston Texans. You had a top three pick last year. You had no expectations. Hell, like at week 12, you could still get plus 1,100 on them to win the AFC South. Yep. This came out of nowhere. And you have this quarterback in C.J. Stroud where the moment don't seem to bother him at all. No. And now you have the other team coming off a of bye week. They haven't played a competitive game in about two, three weeks as well because they sat everyone against Pittsburgh. And then you have the Lamar playoff issues. Whether you think they're justified or not, he's one and three in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I think all these matchups are super compelling. And before we really dive into this, like I was saying before, <clears throat> any combination of NFC and AFC title games next week, it's like, bro, Baker, the Baker story continues, right? If he's in there. Right. Uh, you have... You have, oh, shit, Josh Allen got over the hump. He finally beat Mahomes. Oh, shit, Mahomes is back, and this is six straight AFC title games. Lamar is in it. A rookie QB. Can a rookie QB go to some, like, bro, there's, and then obviously we know about Detroit. We know about the Packers. Oh, shit, the heir apparent. Yo, is he better already than Rodgers? Like, bro, there's so many storylines, and I haven't even mentioned the Niners, which, like, the Niners are always getting to this point pretty much last couple of years with Shanahan, yep. um, more so than not. So. All these matchups are super compelling. But with this one here with the Texans, Allen, I think the I think the story ends here for Houston, bro. I find it hard to believe how they could keep this game close with Baltimore. We're gonna need a pretty much a perfect game from Stroud, which he is capable of. I'm there's no dying CJ Stroud at this point. Like even when Cleveland brought those blitzes, which they're most known for, Stroud stood tall in the pocket, he took those hits, but he just makes all the, like, we talk about making all the throws. Like, he is a pocket playmaker where he doesn't have this crazy athleticism, but he throws at different arm angles. He makes those off-platform throws. He makes a subtle movement in the pocket where it just bides enough time, and he'll hit a Nico Collins or John Mechie or Dalton Schultz. And But we have to give huge kudos to Bobby Sloak. I thought he completely wrecked the Browns. Like, he totally outcoached Jim Schwartz, and he is probably one of the hottest candidates right now. So uh, the, between the coaching and the quarterback play, I think that's why you give Houston a chance. And Baltimore's offensive line, particularly a tackle, Ronnie Stanley, he's been very injury played this year. And Houston gets after, man. Will Anderson is legit. Will Anderson's a three-down edge rusher. You don't see too many of them left for it. He literally plays every down. Great against the run, but even better against the pass. Jonathan Greenyard getting after it. How about Derek Barnett? I don't know what the... What, once again, slaring the Eagles. I don't know why they just let Derek Barnett go, but Derek Barnett was after it. So I think Houston has the pieces where they can make him competitive and interesting, but kind of like the 49ers, like the Ravens just have all the star power. And they also have the coaching stats that can combat it because you know, while we talk about Bobby Slug, we got to talk about Mike McDonald as you know, one of the hottest candidates. And to me, arguably up there as coordinator year along with Ben Johnson. So compelling matchup, but it just, once again, one team is ready to compete for Super Bowl in the Ravens, and the other team has been wildly overachieving, and just whatever happens, happens at this point. I, th I think it's like a perfect matchup of physicality, too. Like, you had mentioned that the Will Anderson being a, a three-down D lineman, and 
the fact that they're coached by D'Amico Ryans, who arguably last year was the best coach in all of football. Like we all knew the 49ers defense because of how tough they played and how simple he made the system. But you know Baltimore by being that physical, tough team too. So I I see the over-under here at 44 and a half. And it, it, it makes me feel like this is going to be like a rugged, low-scoring, lots of, you know, short possession type of game. Hmm. Yeah, I think keeping Lamar, on the, the- keeping Lamar hmm. on the sideline would be your best-case scenario. Um, but Houston pushes Houston's the ball. Not, Houston Houston's doesn't not run the ball. Good running team. But yeah. Devin Singletary yeah, step, well. has stepped it up this year. That's for sure. Like they, if they didn't have Devin Singletary playing the way he was, they would not be in this same exact situation. So I know they're capable of it. But as far as like defenses go, like I think this will be a very stingy matchup. And what you said with Ronnie Stanley being a little injured, like Will Anderson bull rushes more than I see him make any sort of pass move. Like he's not swatting around your hands. No, he's like putting his helmet in your chin strap and, you know, taking you for a ride. And one thing I noticed, like just watching Houston Cleveland, like how undisciplined Cleveland was. Like Houston just totally played around with them using play action. And you look at that Baltimore defense, they are as about as disciplined and well organized as it gets. Like they, you watch what they did on Christmas to 49ers, you know, those Shannon offenses, they're not falling for the bootlegs and you know the misdirection kind of stuff. So I I just think man, it's kind of like going too far. Like Houston also I think Noah Brown's a big loss. He's one of those players that they rely on to provide that blocking, but also being that safe possession receiver and a bit of a vertical threat. Like the fact that I think it was him and Tank Dell now it just Houston's kind of running out of receivers and as great as Cia Shroud is, he's making all the pinpoint throws. It's I just think Baltimore is going to have a plan to, A, shut down the play action and slide their coverages to limit Nico Collins. Yeah, and then you also have a couple other things that are playing uh, against the Texans. Uh, Fun fact, the Houston Texans, 0-7 all-time in Baltimore. Mm. Mind you, this is a team that's only been around for about 20 years, 22, 23, yeah, like early 2000s. Mm Um, 0-7, obviously C.J. Shaw was not there for all of them, but this is a rematch from week one. They did play one another, and Baltimore won rather comfortably, covering the spread then. C.J. Stroud on the road, six touchdowns. At home, 17 touchdowns. Hmm. Houston Texans last two weeks playing indoors. At Indianapolis, home, they play uh, yeah. indoors. NRG. Right? Um, so now you're going out there, Baltimore. The weather could be wacky. It's saying that it's going to be a high of 10 to 15 mile per hour winds, uh, which would favor a team like Baltimore that wants to run the ball, smash mouth kind of football. They're not afraid to run Lamar this time of year. This is where they kind of unleash him. It's the same thing Buffalo does. It's like, yo, bro, even Mahomes. Dude, Mahomes picked up like a 30-yard run last week. Right. Kind of like broke the backs of the Dolphins there. Like, even though the game was in hand when he made that run, it was a wrap. It was yeah. just like physically you're broken. You're a big body language guy. Oh, yeah. Like they were broken there, right? So <clears throat> with all that being said, one thing in favor of the Houston Texans, Lamar Jackson has a favorite of seven or more points in his career, 11 and 15 against the spread. 
if that trend continues, it means that it's going to be a close game. The plus eight, that means that it'll be about a possession. And then Allen, like CJ Stroud, bro, if he has the ball last, I think a lot of Ravens fans might be nervous. That's the way I'm viewing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if this game's competitive, somewhat competitive, like I just think if this comes down to a final possession, something went catastrophically wrong because I just think this Baltimore offense is too loaded. I know talking about maybe being low scoring, but this is different Baltimore offense. And I want to reiterate that, like, that's why I don't really want to put much credence into Lamar's previous playoff struggles because that was with Greg Roman. Like, this Todd Munkin offense is totally different. They got the firepower. They got the playmakers. That's why I'm just, I don't think it's going to be as rugged like Baltimore. I think they're going to push it downfield. They're going to, they're not going to be afraid to spread out in the formation because they got receivers all over. They go four deep. And I don't think Mark Andrews is going to be ready, but still, like Isaiah Likely, he could start for at least 16 teams, if not more. Like Isaiah Likely, I would love to see him in an advanced role because what a freakish athlete and someone that could block and make catches across the middle. Like I'm expecting a big game out of him. So I just think this Baltimore offense, even though they will maybe lean on a run, and we know how Gus Bus will wear down defensive fronts, but don't rule out Baltimore from you know, taking those shots downfield and spreading the ball out and throwing the ball 35 times. Yeah, Houston is not a team that's built to play from behind. Like, they're easy to match up with to take away what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but, the, but similar to the Packers-Niners game, and that's why... It was cool how we set this up and we went in reverse reverse order because both of these teams are coming off bye weeks. Hey, man, if Houston comes out, they get a stop, they get the ball, they score, they're up 7-0, and then they force a turnover. Or, you know, Baltimore likes going for it too on their end of the field. You know, that no man's land, they'll go for, for it. Sure. Or, or, you know, miscommunication with Bateman on a, on a slant or Odell drops it. Maybe the Boo Birds yeah, come let's out. Let's not roll out Aguilar. Aguilar is the real. Yeah. <laughs> Aguilar also like, you know, there's there's a lot of ways where both one seeds, even though I've already bet it, I bet it on, I bet it on Monday when, when they put the lines up, I took both one seeds to cover the spread. And I feel really good about it. Now, there is, and this isn't a hedge, there is a realistic, opportunity for both the Packers and the Texans to put a lot of pressure on these one seeds early. Get the ball first. Go out there and score. Yes. Take the crowd out of it. Offense gets the ball for Baltimore and the Niners for three and out. Or they have to punt. And they're like, oh shit, man. Lamar in the playoffs, he ain't shit. You know the tweets are going to start coming Already. in. Already. Yeah. Right? So, it's going to be fun, man. And I think it's, it's cool that these two teams are playing on Saturday, the two bye week teams. But I'm I'm fascinated to see if CJ Stroud can continue this. I don't think he does. I like Baltimore to win this game, and I like Baltimore to cover this game, George. All right. Well, I'm going to be completely uh, opposite of you. Yeah. I'm going Texans with the points. You're with the dogs this week. Who let the dogs they favored, out? They favored me last week. I was also on the Texans last week as well as the Buccaneers. And it's the momentum play. I think that that point spread is a, it's, it's a thick boy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And seeing it lowered, like I liked it at 10, uh, I don't necessarily like it at eight and a half. Um, that being said, CJ Stroud over eight and a half rushing yards. That's going in. 
What this about you, Alan? This guy with the them. dogs and the quarterbacks going over their rushing yards. Bro, they scramble. The games matter. Like, they're not taking pocket sacks. They're fucking going. I love it. I love it. Alan, yeah. what do you think? And when you think about, like, San Fran and Baltimore, they're going to bring a lot of pressure. So there's going to be times where in the pocket collapse, Stroud, love, they just they got to go. They can't, as much Ain't as they love throwing the pocket. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could see that. Uh, I just kind of like San Fran. I just think Baltimore has too much firepower and it's just, I think we'll see Houston's lack of explosiveness appear here. Like, I thought Houston, as well as they played last week, it came a lot of on those shot broken plays. Like, that Brevin Jordan touchdown, that's just a common bootleg. Like, it's just a complete breakdown on Cleveland's part. The Dolan Schultz touchdown, very well designed, but you expect a team like the Ravens, whether it's Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, Marcus Williams, like, they're going to cover that. I just think a lot of what Houston did last week is something that Baltimore won't allow. So that's why I think I could see this in the 31 20. Uh, I, and I think likely, and Gus Edwards, these are the two guys I think they're really going to be at the forefront of Baltimore's offense because I think Edwards, just that fourth down, not fourth, uh, the fourth quarter, like you just see him wearing him down because he is such a problem to tackle. And Houston's had a lot of trouble covering tight ends this year. And Njoku did his thing last week. Harrison Bryant had a big play. They do, they do not cover the middle field well and likely has been feasting there. So. I think those two be on the lookout for them. So yeah, I really like the Ravens here. Uh, hopefully, Stroud can shine because he's just had such a stellar season. But it's just, I think losing Dell and then now Noah Brown, they just don't have a lot when it comes to their season corpse. And you can only ask so much for from Nico Collins. Yeah, you're asking for too much, and he's had a career year, and he's a. He's a super baller for them, and he means a lot. I think their offense clearly runs through him. Even when Tank Dell was there, too, I think there was such a good uh, one-two punch there for C.J. Straw. But, yeah, I think it's been, <clears throat> I think for the two games we broke down, the feel-good stories of last week and uh, pretty much this year, too, right? Like, a lot of people were not high on the Packers. They were cautiously optimistic, I would say. But I think for both of them, it ends here. And I think, I think Baltimore wins. I'm going to go 31-13. Mm. Man. I'll go 17-10. Far sick, let's hope not. 17-10. <laughs> wow. 17-10 Baltimore. You got yeah. the under. I got the over. Alan, what did you say? I said 3120 uh Baltimore. Okay. Okay. That 31 number. Maybe we do some correct scores. Correct mm-hmm. scores are crazy this Oh, time dude. Yeah. Get some bonuses. Get some bonuses. Toss some bonus money on there. All right. That's that. That's that. Division around. Best week of the year. Alan, I'm excited. George is excited. We're all excited. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Veterans Winter. Shout out to everyone that's been sharing the content, listening. Uh, big numbers the last couple of months. I'm super grateful. Um, I don't just say this just to say it. It means a lot, man. I've always said that the people that listen to this show, that follow the show, follow the content, I view them as my boss. Yep. If it wasn't for them to get us to this point, um, none of it would be possible. So I don't just say it lightly. I don't just say it to say it. I truly mean it. I appreciate every single one of you that continue to listen and support the show and share the show because I think the best endorsement is word to mouth. Um, I've always felt that way. So thank you once again. At Veterans Minimum, as you can find all things VM. At Nick Day is 10, as you can find me. George, where can they find you? At Mr. George Carmona is where you can find me. Boom. Alan, where can they find you? Oh. Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. 
And we will catch you guys on Monday. I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat a venison. Death. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.